Welcome to the Bethel World Outreach Church Podcast. It's our prayer that wherever you are in life, today's message will help you draw closer in your relationship with God. Enjoy the message. Today I want to continue or conclude um, the series I started several weeks ago called The Born Again Identity. Um, I'm a movie junkie. I told you before, I like to watch movies. I got late, lately, I find myself with my darling wife watching a lot of Bollywood movies. Anybody into Indian flicks? Don't be fronting. I know you online, you be watching your Indian. Hey, I, the only problem with Indian movies, though, they too long. And you know what makes it really long? Is the fact that if I'm jumping off this stage, it'll take me about five minutes. The action sequence is about five minutes just for me to get off the stage. I mean, the cinematography is amazing. It's like, wow, the stories are great. And so I've been focusing on one movie over the last couple of weeks. It's called um, Born Identity. How many of you seen that? Some of y'all seen that? Okay, admit your, admit your, your, your love for action flicks. Okay, and it's a little old. And it's a trilogy, I believe. And in that trilogy, we talked about the fact that, you know, this guy, Jason Bourne, lost his mind, had an amnesia, forgot he had these skill sets as a CIA operative, blah, 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 all these things. And then there's, uh, I believe, it's, it's Bourne Identity, and then there's another one called Bourne Supremacy. If you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. In Bourne Identity, he's trying to find out who he is. But in born supremacy, he already knew who he was. Somebody, I came to remind you tonight that you have the born against supremacy. Oh, by the time I'm done with this message, I hope it clicks. Because you see, a lot of us, we kind of know who we are. We kind of understand who we are. But we don't understand really what we have being who we are. We don't understand the supreme position and the supreme condition that we possess as sons of God. And especially lately with COVID and all of the things that we see happening here, somewhere in our minds we're thinking that we're victims. Can I tell you that you're not a victim today, but you are victorious in Christ? Can, I, I'm here to remind you in case you've allowed situations to drag your face in the mud and you're like so down on your life and down, I haven't gotten to this place that I've, I went to school for and I got three degrees and I'm still working at McDonald's or wherever I am and I came to remind you you got supremacy over your situations. Because when you know that, you'll understand that the fight has been fixed from the day Christ got on that cross. Okay couple of things I said last week I, I think I need to remind you of. One of the things I said was, we need to understand that we are like him. Say, I am like him. Come on, talk to me. I know it's kind of muffled behind the mask. Say, I'm like him. Who's the him? Christ is the him. I am like him. How am I like him? I am like him by the mere fact that the same way the father loved him, the father loves me. You know, when he went to get baptized by John, who John was the same God who said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, John baptized him. And when John baptized him, a, a, a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, which means there's no wrong that he can do because I'm just so pleased with him. Guess what? If he lives in me, God is pleased with me. If he lives in you, God is equally pleased with you. So in that manner, you're just like him. 
you are perfectly loved by the Father. That's what you need to hear today. Okay? I said that last week. Something else I said, I said, we are like him in that the very spirit that is Jesus is also ours. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When Jesus ascended into heaven, he didn't say, okay, y'all go figure it out. I'll be back in a few thousand years, okay, Peter? I know, Peter, you got an attitude issue. You got to work that out, brother. I know you, uh, Mr. Thomas, you got some doubt issues. You're going to have to work that out. No. He said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. When I go, I'm going to send you a helper. Now, that helper is not the angel Gabriel, nor the angel Mike, uh, uh, Michael. Like, he, we could have been pretty fine if we had both of those guys because they're powerful. But he said, I'm going to send you another and that another means another kind as I am. His spirit. And we saw it on the day of Pentecost. That same Peter that we're talking about, Peter who ran away from a little girl, Peter stood before 3,000 people and he preached the gospel and 3,000 people gave their life to Christ. The exact same way Jesus preached, he preached. How? Because he had the same spirit. And in this dispensation, in this season, you have the exact same spirit as Jesus. So I am like him. I'm still talking about your supremacy today. Okay. I'm also like him because <laughs> I'm connected to him as an heir on the throne. Oh my goodness, Pastor V, what did you just say? Yes, I am equally, I'm, con I'm a conjoined twin of Christ. In Romans 8, 14 to 17, it says, we are joint heirs, which means whatever authority that Jesus has, you and I have it. It's not, you know, it, it trips me out and I'm beginning to learn more and more. I, I don't go into my prayer closet saying, oh God, please, I'm begging you. Please, I'm begging you. Did Jesus ever beg at that level? I don't see it anywhere in the word. Jesus understood that he was perfectly loved. He understood that he was tethered to the Father, connected to the Father. Therefore, he, why would the Lord say, come boldly to the throne if you didn't have access to the throne? Remember the story of Esther? Esther could have lost her life going to, as a hero, trying to get, but she understood, oh my goodness, she understood her relationship with the, with the king. And you have to understand your relationship with the king. You have to understand that you are connected. Say, I am connected to the king. And if he is seated at the right hand of the father, I'm seated at the right hand of the father. If he can command heaven's host, I can command heaven's host. Not in my own authority and name, but in his authority and name. I know you're looking at me like, I don't know what you're talking about, pastor. I hear you. We're going to go there. You see, I don't know how many of you are familiar with the strategies in the art of war, but, you know, I play some Call of Duty. Ah, uh, you see? <laughs> Young people, I know you play Call of Duty. Don't act like you don't play Call of Duty. And I, and, and I can't stand Call of Duty. There's something that young people call, it's called first-person point of view. I can't, it gives me a headache. Any video game players in here tonight, don't, don't go ahead and act like you don't play no video games. Put your hand up, brother, it's okay. You free, this is God's house. Huh? Yeah, we play some video games, yeah. Okay? Call of Duty, really violent. So pray for your pastor. I don't play it, but my kids play it and I hear them. I kill you, I kill you. I'm like, that's why we can't get you out of pray anymore. Because y'all killing on these games. But here's, here's something that you need to understand when it comes to warfare. Whoever has the high ground has the victory. Oh, what do you mean by that? 
You see, the high ground gives you better perspective on the enemy below you. If you have the high ground, you can see the movement of the enemy. If you have the high ground, you can take out the shooters of the enemy. If you, hey, somebody hear me. If you have the high ground, there is nothing that the enemy beneath you can do to you. And I came to announce to you tonight, you have the high ground against the enemy. Oh my God. You have the upper hand. You have the advantage. You have supremacy over the enemy. You can see his movements. Don't, look, don't be afraid. You can see his activity. But whenever the U.S. government, I believe, goes into an area, they don't, they don't just send in the foot soldiers. They send in those B-12 bombers. Y'all know what I'm talking about? The big boys. And they come and they fly over. First they do their surveillance, and then they fly over, and then they go ahead and they drop them bombs on them. Do you know that's what happened when Jesus died on the cross? Jesus came and did his surveillance. And he said, I know how to fix this enemy. And he shed his blood. And he dis the Bible says he spoiled principalities and powers and made an open show of them, triumphing over them. Are you hearing me? Okay? So now that he's done that, guess what? That devil that you're so afraid of, that demon that you've been hiding from at night, you're so afraid, oh, I can't sleep. You need to understand, you have supremacy over him. You do. Oh, COVID-19. I love how Pastor Gladys says it. She said, the late coronavirus. Oh, my goodness. The late. I don't care how it tries to front and move its parts. That is the late. That issue that you're up against, it is the late issue. The Bible says heaven and earth will pass away. All of your problems are temporary. All of your circumstances have an expiration date. Why? Because you have supremacy in Christ. Hallelujah. Okay? So the high ground is important. And so, you know, often they will tell you when, when, when there's a petty argument, when there's something going on between spouses or whatever the case is, you, husband, you better seek the high ground. Which means don't be petty. Wife, you seek the high ground. Young man, young woman, you seek the high ground. Sometimes we as parents, we can be petty too. I, I just want to admit and I can be a petty dad sometimes. Like, I know my son was like, this dude, right? I can't. Oh, my God. Oh, he's so petty. Hey, I'm human sometimes. Most times I'm not, but sometimes I am. <laughs> you know, we, we say that when we don't want to, to, to admit our wrongs, right? Yeah. But you've got to always seek the high ground, which means you've got to seek the vantage point where you can see every activity that's coming against you. And I want to say this and remind some of you tonight and some of you today that the book of Ephesians, listen, let's read it. Chapter 2, verse 1 to 3, tells you your condition and your position. Say, my condition and my position is already settled. You're not trying to gain the high ground. You're not trying to get supremacy. The Bible says here in Ephesians chapter 2, and you, meaning you, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. I got news for you. You were once dead, non-responsive, unaware, completely helpless. You know, sometimes we say we gave our life to Christ. You ain't have no life to give. You were dead. 
Christianity is not him fixing a, a life that I had. No, it is him depositing a life I never knew. And it's me coming to the realization that I got this life inside of me. He made you alive when you were dead in your trespasses and your transgressions and your sins. Okay? So your condition before Christ, you were dead. Don't even pat yourself in the back and say, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I came to Christ. You ain't come to nothing. He came to you. Let's make it clear. Okay? In which, listen, in which you once walked according to the course of this world. The world has a course. It has a way of doing things. It has some standards and some things that it put in place. And the worst thing that, you know, let me say it this way. The course of the world, the Bible describes, it is known as the broad way. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. Broad is the road that leads to death. The course of this world is a wide open racetrack and everybody's aiming to go somewhere and they don't know where they're going. Where you going now? I'm just trying to get this money, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to get this money. Well, I'm just, just always on the move. In which you once walked. I was just like that. You were just like that. You was always out there looking to get something that you don't know what you're trying to get. I was out there trying to get, I, I had no clue. I was just like that. In which you once walked according to the course of this world. According, listen, according to the prince of the power of the air. I told you about the high ground. You need to understand tonight. There is someone called the prince of the power of the air. There, 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 there is a, a government, an illegal government squatting over our atmosphere. No wonder things can happen that happen in, like, like, like what happened in Kenosha and what's happening in Ivory Coast and what's happening in Mali. All of a sudden, there's, there, there's, there's disruption. There's things happening. All of a sudden, here, there's, there's, there. There, there. There's something in the airwave. And because we're beneath and we're dead in transgressions and sins, many can't see it. You think you're, 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 you're angry about uh, the fact that a black man got killed? Please get angry about the fact that any life gets killed. You need to understand there are people, places, and things that are behind the scenes manipulating things. The Bible says the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. There is a source to the violence that's going on. There is a source to the sins that's going on. There is a source to the rebellious spirit and the disobedience. It's called the prince of the power of the air. Who is manipulating things. Through the airways, you know, I, I love music. I love how music works. I love sound, how, how sound travels. Sound travels through the airwaves. Y'all know that, right? We use this microphone to amplify what we say, but then after I say what I say, there's a frequency that's in the atmosphere. And if I'm saying things that are negative, that's why I don't really watch the news like that, to be honest with you, because whatever they're pushing out the airwave has the potential to skew my thinking. And cause me to become fearful. And cause me to, come, to become agitated. And I want to pick up my, my black tee, black Tims, black jeans, black hat, ski mask, and go out there and protest. Oh, I ain't even gonna lie, I be feeling like that sometimes. Watch CNN long enough. You'll be out there to my, hey, what's up, brother? Let's do this thing. Hmm. You understand what I'm talking about? There, there, there is, there, there, it's in the air. And as long as you subjugate yourself to that which is above you at that level, 
You are going to find yourself being manipulated and doing things. Young people, listen to me. The reason why you find yourself with a nasty attitude sometimes is because of what you're listening to in the air. Oh, it's just a little bit of Fetty Wap. You know what I'm saying? Fetty's all right. Young Thug, he all right. And that's just, you know, Megan Stallion, she all right. Hmm? It's in the air. And it's, I didn't, this is not a, a sermon against your music. Please, you got the Holy Spirit to deal with. I would not be your Holy Spirit on your music, what you listen to. What I am saying, understand how it works. The air is what these rebellious spirits that, are, been, that have been casted out, that got booted out of heaven, they're restless and they're in the air right now and they're looking for somewhere to land. And as long as you make yourself a place of habitation, oh, they're going to come and keep company with you. Oh, they can't wait for you to clean the crib out. Jesus said it this way. When a man gets delivered from one spirit, hmm, one, and that spirit leaves, that spirit wants to come back. It's watching you. Man, when this fool going to open up the door so I can come in? And then you don't put what you need to put in the house or you don't open up the door so Christ can live inside. Not only is he coming back, but he's bringing seven others worse than him, the Bible says. And the condition of that person is worse than what they were before. It is important that you allow none other to occupy the airspace of your heart and your head. Is that clear? Okay, that wasn't even part of the message. The Lord just wanted somebody to hear that. Okay? Among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh. Man, I used to love the lust of the flesh. Don't act like you've been saved all your life. I'm talking to you. Nobody in the room. You. That's what I'm talking to. It felt good to drink the cognac, didn't it? It felt good to roll the marijuana up, didn't it? It felt good to be in the club, didn't it? If anybody told you sin wasn't pleasurable, they lied to you. It's pleasurable to the flesh. But the Bible says... The end result is death. Whether it's relational death, eventual spiritual death, it is death. The wages of sin is death. Okay? Among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature, were by nature, which means you just couldn't help it, which means that was your state. By nature, children of wrath, just as the others. That was your condition before Christ. You were by nature an enemy of the state. You were by nature an enemy of the kingdom. I'm talking about BC, y'all, before Christ. If you're watching and you're here, whatever the case is, and you do not have a relationship with Christ, you are by nature a target for God's wrath. A lot of times we don't want to hear that, but you got to hear it. You've got to understand that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So I, I told you that they're, 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 they're illegal forces in our atmosphere, in our air, in our air, in our air. They're, they're doing what they're doing. They're influencing people. They're causing people to want to sin and to do things that they're doing. But do you know that there's another level that they haven't ascertained or, they, you know, they haven't considered and that some haven't even considered up to today? And my hope is that you will see that you're not part of this, but you're part of that. Go to verse 4. Go to verse 4. Say, but God. 
Oh, come on, you're saying it like you don't mean it. But God, you see, you were an object. I was an object of God's wrath. God's guns, his B-12s, were aimed at me and you. But he's not trying to just, you know, end his wrath on me. He's always looking for a way to pull you out of sin. Always looking for a way to restore the relationship with him. And the scripture says, but God, who is rich in mercy, which means he has an abundance of it. He has, he has an overflowing, look, his bank is known as the United <laughs> Kingdom of Heaven <laughs> bank, and all he got is, all he got is mercy. Oh, all he got is mercy. He's, look, his mercies, the Bible says, is they're new every morning. Every morning I get up, the mess I'm getting ready to do later on today, there's mercy there for it. Oh, somebody hear me. Whatever I plan to do 10 years from now, there was, there's enough mercy for me. That's, I, you know, I can be a fool sometimes. And he said, you know, that one's going to mess up. He needs mercy. He can be a fool. He needs mercy. She can be a fool. She needs mercy. He is rich in mercy. And there are times where you don't feel like being merciful to your neighbor. I know your friend or your child or your mama get on your nerves. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. But God, but God, who is rich in mercy. You see, whenever the, when you do something wrong, don't allow the enemy to hit you with the okie doke and tell you, ah, you might as well kill yourself. Yeah, you might as well end it. You might as well forget about it. Don't allow him to do that to you. Why? Because whenever I do something that's wrong, I say, but God, you are, but God, but God, you are rich in mercy. I need some mercy today. I need some mercy right now. I, I, and he says, but you don't even got to ask that hard, son, because my great love with which I love you propels me to give you mercy. It's there. I didn't make it up. It says, because of his great love with which he loved us, his great love combined with his great mercy outdid his wrath towards you. Holy Spirit, thank you. His great love propelled his great mercy. Even so, when I was dead in my sins and you were dead in your sins, Christ came. I'm still talking about your supremacy, oh. Because until you understand that, and you know it's funny, I'll preach this this week, and then sometime during the week you'll run into a problem and you will somehow forget. That's why we preachers got to keep preaching this thing until it becomes our lifestyle. I've heard this before, and you've probably heard it before, but the reason why you look in a mirror, uh-huh, is to remind yourself of what you look like. You don't get up last Monday, you look in the mirror, and they say, you know what, I'm good until next Monday. You don't do that, or else some of y'all hairdos will be jacked all the way up. Mm-hmm. You have to remind yourself, you have to stay in that word. You have to stay in that word. You have to stay in that word until the riches of his mercy become your template and the greatness of his love becomes your everyday experience. Let's go to the next one. Go to, go to the next verse. Even when we were dead in trespasses, what did he do? What did he do? What did he do? No, 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 no. no what, did, what did he do? Really? I mean, tell me, what did he do? He made you alive. Okay, that's enough. If God makes me alive, brother, I'm good. 
But it didn't just say he made us alive. He made us alive together with Christ. Okay, let's imagine what that means. Let's just take a time, a, a time machine and go back in history. Imagine Jesus gets killed on the cross. Fast forward the cassette a little bit. You know, I said cassette. Do they still use those? I don't know. The DVD, they don't even use those no more. Just hit fast forward. <laughs> you know, Saturday, no movement in the grave. Nothing happening. Looks like all the stuff you talked about ain't work, Jesus. Everything you went through was for nothing. Saturday, Sunday. Say Sunday. Sunday morning. Say Sunday morning. I can imagine right now the earth begin to quake. The Bible says the earth quakes. I can imagine this great light being emitted in the tomb. I'm imagining right now that body begin to move. I'm imagining life beginning to, hey, I'm imagining him rising up, him rising up, him taking off the grave clothes. I'm imagining the glory on his body. And I'm also imagining him folding the grave clothes. And you're like, oh man, that's so cute. Go Jesus. And he's saying, nope, that ain't just it. When he did that, you did that. Oh my goodness. You don't see it. Oh my God. When Jesus resurrected, you resurrected. I, I, I ain't make this stuff up. I, I promise you it was in the Bible. He says, when we were what? Dead in our trespasses. He made us alive together with Christ. So when Christ, when all of that activity took place in the, in the tomb, it was really me and you being resurrected. Oh my God. That was really me and you. And guess what? Guess what? Guess what? He says, by grace you've been saved. I had nothing to do with my resurrection. You had nothing to do with your resurrection. I said it before. If you think you came to Christ because you get you I'm not that smart. I'm not going to call you out your name. But I know I didn't want none of this. It was his grace that drew me. It was his grace that, that, that foreknew me. Jeremiah, he said, Jeremiah, before you got in your mother's womb, I knew who you were. And I called you. His grace drew me. His, his, his grace fashioned me. His grace resurrected me. His grace gave you and I life. Because I was dead and you were dead. I'm trying to get somewhere. I want you to see this. So he made us alive together with Christ. Go to verse 6. Here's where the supremacy part comes in. Now, that would have been it. It would have been cool if I was just risen up with Christ, though. If I was just resurrected with Christ, that would have been awesome. My goodness. You know, when Jesus rose, I rose, but he didn't just stop there. He, you know, he raised you out the grave, but then he raised you up together. You see, I told you earlier, we're conjoined. We are joint heirs with Christ. Whatever's happening with him is happening with me. Are you understanding me? It's a mystical thing. And I also said a couple of weeks ago, I said, the condition of the head is the condition of the body. So if the head came out of the grave, what makes you think the body's going to stay in the grave? If the head is raised up, the body is raised. Say it with me, it's raised up. Say, if the head is raised up, then the body is raised up. He said, raised us up together and made us sit together. Look, if the head is sitting, what is the body doing? Sitting. Oh my God. 
I'm talking about your born again supremacy here. Some of us are so anxious and we're running here and there and we're looking for opportunities. Can you just sit down with your head real quick? We are afraid because of the times. Oh, look at this. Somebody said on Facebook, 2020 needs a reset. No, some terrible things have happened this year, but there's some glorious things still coming. Yes, some terrible things have happened this year. So many lives have been lost. But if you are still breathing in this form, I want to remind you that you are still seated together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's your condition right now. That's your position right now. So if I am seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, what does all of that mean, pastor? I hear you. I sounded really good. I've been raised with him. I was raised with him. And I'm seated with him. What does all of that mean? There are three enemies that come against you every single day. There are three enemies that you and I face every single day. The world, say the world. Say the world. Say the flesh. Say the devil. Those are your enemies. That's the perfect trifecta of your pain. They're the ones that constantly, the world is constantly trying to get you to come out of your positioning. It wants to change your condition. Your flesh wants you to go back to BC. Y'all ever say that? Man, you don't want to see my BC. Which means before Christ. Somebody get on your nerves like, look, I'm saved, but I can still throw these hands. <laughs> Don't nobody need to see your hands, man. Put it away. You're seated in Christ. He says, I am your avenger. I am your vengeance. Oh, my goodness. You see, if I try to fight my own battle... I've got limited information and resources. But when I allow God to fight my battle, he's omniscient, he's omnipotent. Oh, my goodness. He's omnipotent, omniscient. He's everywhere at the same time. All power. Jesus said, let me tell you something, Pilate. If I really, really wanted to, I could call 72,000 angels right now and they can handle my business. This don't mean nothing. I willingly lay my life down. Some of us need to willingly lay our lives down so people can see that we have meekness. He said, blessed are the meek for they shall what? Inherit the earth. You don't have to fight nobody, prove nothing to nobody. You, you don't have to do it. You, hey, hey, I'm, I'm my vernacular is all, no, you ain't got to fight nobody. Let me say it that way. Allow God to fight for you. In order for the enemy to get to you, you got to get through Christ. Because you're seated in Christ, you've got the high ground. Say, I've got the high ground. Say, I've got the high ground. Oh, devil, listen to me. All of you demons in the atmosphere, we have the high ground. We're not ignorant of your devices. We know when you're coming. We can see it. So let me talk about these three enemies real quick and then we'll wrap it up. Promise. Let's go to 1 John 5, 4 and 5. 1 John 5, 4 and 5. I want you to see it. I want you to see it. The world, this enemy. Now, when it says the world, it's not necessarily the people. And the, no, it's the system that promotes perpetual sin. It's, it's the organized, functioning system that wants you to walk outside of the will of God. Yeah, not the ecosystem. 
the satanic program that's been established to cause man to slip up. Okay? First John 5, 4 reads like this. It says, say when we say for whatever, say for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. What if you are born again believer, I said it earlier, you didn't birth yourself into the kingdom. He gave birth to you. Oh my goodness. He, Jesus, gave birth to you. Whenever a baby is birthed into the world, there's a lot of blood. So, I'm sorry, it's a little graphic, but that's what happened on the cross. There's a lot of broken things and a lot of pain. Jesus went through all of that to birth you and I. Jesus, the, the, water, the water broke. <laughs> he was punctured in the side and blood and water came out so that you and I can be birthed into the world. For whatever is born of God does what? Over, say it with me, say overcomes. Say overcomes the world. And this is the victory. Say victory. Hmm. This is the victory. This is the victory, not the defeat. This is the victory, not the defeat. Stop walking around like you're defeated and you can't make it. This is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Y'all don't sound like you got it. Let me say that. Go to verse 5. Verse 5. Verse 5. Listen. He, who is he? Who is he? Our, we said our faith. But who is he that overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Our victory over the world is tethered to our belief in whether Jesus is who he says he is. Are you listening to me? Your victory over the world's system, over the world's wickedness, over the things that want to compel you to leave is your faith in Jesus being the Son of God. If you will simply just allow yourself to stay there, those things that come to tempt you have no victory over you because you are born of God. And if you are born of God, listen, who are you? You are a son of God. And your faith in the Son of God amplifies your victory over the enemies of God. Oh, Jesus, help us. Help us to see that we don't have to struggle. Young people, you watching, you listening, you are just struggling with sin. It's because you have not considered who you are. Jesus was tempted after 40 days. No food, no drink. He didn't even send a demon. He himself, Satan came and said, now, now, I heard Ty Trippett preach it this way. I, I did an event, and Ty was the main, the, the keynote speaker, and Ty said, this is the epic, the, the greatest battle ever known. Angels on one side, demons on one side, everybody's in the stadium, and they're locked in, and they're watching, and they're watching, and Jesus is walking, the, the son of man, son of God is stumbling, he's hungry, he's thirsty, and Satan shows up. Hey, yo, you want some bread? I mean, come on. That's the best you can do. That should tell you that Satan ain't got nothing that you can't overcome. I mean, you have an opportunity here, and the best you can do is say, you hungry? You want bread? I can imagine, I'm, you know, my imagination's tripped out, so I'm thinking here, Jesus saying, <laughs> you ain't read the book, did you? I am bread. Oh, my goodness. I am bread. You're tempting me with something that I already have. And I already am. I'm satisfied. You need attention? You are a son of God. 
All of heaven's angels are watching you. You need affection, you are son of God. All of heaven's affection is pointed at you. You need provision, you are a son of God. All of heaven's resources are yours. Believe it. Our faith overcomes the world, overcomes these systems, overcomes these fears. First enemy, out of here. I got supremacy over you. Let's go to the next one. Let's go to the flesh. Let's talk about this. Oh, this flesh. Oh, this flesh. Go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians 5, 16 to 17. It says, Paul speaking to the church, he says, I say then, I say then, what does he say? He says, he says, he says, walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. And you shall not, not, uh, maybe you know you're freaking not. He said, walk in the spirit. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The reason why young people, old people, black people, white people, all people may struggle as believers to overcome the flesh is simply because you've ignored the ability to walk in the spirit. If I would simply switch, switch, switch gears and switch my, my, my attention and focus on the fact that I possess the spirit of God in me. Nothing the flesh offers will pull me. But somehow we want to double dust this thing. We want to, some days I'm in my flesh, some days I'm not in my flesh. And every time I jump in my flesh, God gets no glory. Every time I jump in my flesh, God gets no praise. Every time I jump in my flesh, somebody leaves with their feelings hurt. And my life gets impacted negatively. Walk in the spirit, which means be aware of your supreme position every day. You're not just saved on Sundays or Saturday evenings or care group time or Bible study. You are in the, look, I, I've been thinking about this more and more lately. And I, I think I was saying to some, some of these young people this, uh, this week, I said, you know, Jesus never had an off switch. Jesus never had an off, as a man, he never had an off switch. He was never in the flesh and in the spirit. He was always in the spirit as a man. Even when he fell asleep on the boat. I, I know that so because the minute he got up from the boat, when they, when they said, Master, Master, care us not thou that we perish? He didn't wake up and say, now, nah, let's stop praying in the spirit. <laughs> let's have revival to stop the storm. Too many of us want to take time to do revival to stop the storm. Well, all you got to do is realize that you're in the spirit. And you have the authority over that problem. But now I want to go back. Okay, okay, Father. He didn't get up. In the Bible. Maybe he did it, but the Bible doesn't say it. He didn't get up and say, okay, Father, I beg you. This storm, man, look at your disciples. He did not. He woke up like this. God, these dudes, man, when they going to have faith? Peace be still. Peace be still. Some of you got storms in this season. Peace be still. Some of you are travailing for nothing. I said, peace be still. You've got to know your condition and your position. You have supremacy over your problems. Peace. Be still. You have his spirit. You have the authority. Go to verse 17. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are there's a war going on and these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish there's a war 
The flesh wants to win. The spirit is saying, no, somebody to listen to me. You got to know that this fight has been fixed. <laughs> this fight has been fixed. My flesh is not allowed to reign in my life because he's not the head of this body. Christ is the head. And the condition of the head is the condition of the body. And if the body does not submit to the head, then there will be a fight. But you've got, I'm talking about submission. This is my last point. You've got to submit to the head. Hmm? We conquered the world. We're conquering the flesh. Listen how you conquer over the devil real quick. That's my last point, then we're out of here. James chapter 4, verse 7. James chapter 4, verse 7. Who's the manipulator of the flesh in the world? It's the devil. It's the devil. Diablo. You know, the devil. He is the problem. He's the manipulator. He stands behind the scenes and he whispers something in the ear of your child. Your child catches this nasty attitude and then you the parent, he come and whispers something in the parent's ear and then you whip out the belt. The child whips out rebellion and it's a war. Or husband, he whispers in your ear. She ain't cooked for you today. Man, you've been working all day long, bro. What kind of, what's going on? He don't appreciate you. He thinks all you're here to do is cook. And then, honey, I'm home. All the, all the, all, where's the food? Is that, am, am I your cook? Am I, am I here to cook for you? Am I your chef? The children are like, oh my God, mom and dad are fighting again. Guess what? You got to learn that there's an enemy behind the scenes trying to manipulate things. And his goal is to cause you and I to come from under submission to the head. That's the goal. That's always been the goal. Look at Adam and Eve. That was the goal. As long as Adam and Eve stayed submitted, they were good to go in the garden. They had access to all the resources, all of the opportunities, everything. But the minute they moved themselves from under their submission, they gave the enemy room, and we know the story. And we know the story. James 4, 7 says this, Therefore, submit to God. Somebody in this room tonight, somebody watching today, you understand what I'm saying? Submit to God. Submit to God. You're not the boss of your life. If he raised you out of the grave, seated you in Christ Jesus, place you next to him, submit to him tonight. Submit to God. But don't just submit. Submit knowing that in your submission is authority over the devil. It says Submit to God, resist the devil. That old slogan that says the devil made me do it, he can't make you do nothing that you don't allow him to do. He does not have that kind of power. Listen to me. He, <laughs> the Bible says when that day come, you and I will see with our eyes. It'll only take one angel with a chain to bind him. And we're going to say, is that the one who offended the nations? Him? Why? Because our position will be so supreme that, oh, he was nothing from the, you don't have to wait to that day. Now, understand that you have authority, that you have supremacy, that you have the power. If you will submit to God, the power to resist will show up. And guess what? This is how the story ends. He will flee from you. 
It didn't say he will flee from Jesus necessarily. It didn't say you will flee from God. The word of God says he, who, the devil, will flee from who? You, my brother, you, my sister, you, my brother, you, little girl, you, you. He will flee. So instead of you running from the problems tonight, I come here to challenge you to tell you, turn around. Say, I'm tired of running. I'm tired of running. I am tired of running. Running from fear. I'm tired of running from doubt. I'm tired of running from anxiety. I am sick and tired of running. Tonight I'm submitting myself to God, to his word, to his leadership, to the people he's placed in my life, to the authorities that, that he's given me. I'm going to submit myself. And then guess what? I'm going to resist you. And the outcome is you'll need some new shoes because the ones you're wearing now, you're going to run out of them. Every head bowed. Every eye closed. My prayer is we leave out of here today fully comprehending our supremacy in him. Christ died. I died. Christ rose. I rose. Christ is seated. I am seated in heavenly places. And as I'm seated in a high place of authority, tonight my prayer is that we will all submit to that authority. If you're here tonight and you've never submitted, you've never given yourself over to the authority of Jesus. The Bible says at the mention of his name, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. Tonight, today, you're watching, you're here. I want us to make that commitment that he is Lord. Our victory is tethered and connected to our faith and our submission to him. If you're here, you're watching, if you're here, you're present in this building and you've never submitted your life totally to Christ, I want you to just repeat after me. And say, Lord Jesus, tonight, this afternoon, I submit myself to you. I confess you as Lord and as Savior. I let go of everything that was Lord over my life prior to today. And I ask that you come and make me yours, one of your own. If you've prayed that prayer and you've accepted Jesus as Lord, you've submitted to him as Lord, I want to say to you that you are now part of the throne room party that you now have access to the supremacy that I'm talking about today. All you have to do now is continue to submit to his word. Continue to submit to his authority. Continue to submit to his love for you. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your love. I thank you for positioning us and conditioning us to be in Christ. I pray that whatever was said here, Lord, will make its room in our hearts and will transform our lives from glory to glory. 
Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 28, all authority has been given unto me. Now go. Go and make disciples. Go into all the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You don't talk like that unless you have authority. And I want to say to me and I want to say to you as we're getting ready to experience some powerful things the next four months of this year. We have authority in that name. We have power in that name. We have victory in that name. Amen. 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 Why don't you just give the Lord a, 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 a big hand clap or a shout, whatever you feel necessary in this moment. Give, give him glory. Give him glory. I am saying to you that you are positioned over principalities, over powers. You can see them coming. They've been exposed. They have no room in your house, in your life. I say give him glory. They have no room. listening today. If you love this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. To learn more about Bethel or to support this ministry financially, please visit us at www.bethelcityofhope.com. You can also connect with us via Facebook or Instagram at Bethel City of Hope. Thanks again. Have a great day.